You're listening to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, your daily podcast on the Denver Nuggets. Now, here is your host from denverstiffs.com, Adam Mottes. What is up, everybody? Welcome to the Locked On Nuggets podcast, part of the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Adam Mottes from denverstiffs.com, the largest Denver Nuggets blog and community on the web. Check us out. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. It is 3 a.m. in the morning here at... Locked on Nuggets headquarters. So I am going to make this one a little bit brief. We had a West Coast game, 8.30 start. Television actually got started a little bit later than that. And then, of course, we had our watch party tonight. Thank you. Big thank you to everybody that came out. We packed the joint. Once again, we saw, I don't know, 200 people at uh, Stoney's Uptown. And it was just a really good time. Really appreciate everybody that came out. Really... um, it was fun. I always have fun meeting new people. Met a lot of new people at this one. It was kind of a newer crowd. Um, I think a lot of new faces. So it was great. If I didn't get a chance to talk to you, I apologize. Come up and talk to me at these events. We got one more coming up here at the end of the year. I think the last road game of the season. Um, I believe that'll be our next watch party. Um, you see me come say hi. I always like talking to you guys and uh, had had a really good time meeting some of the uh Listeners of this show, readers of Denver Stiffs, and most of all, just Denver Nuggets fans. So really, really good time. And then it's always fun to beat the Lakers. And watching in the company of people who also just want to beat down the Lakers makes it a lot more fun. There were nervous moments, um, of course, but uh, you know it, it was a good time all around. So today's show is going to be on the notes from that game. <clears throat> um, it'll be a little bit quicker, probably, probably a... Maybe half as long as usual these shows go, but uh, I wanted to get something out for you guys because uh, I know a lot of people wanted to kind of relive and, and re-litigate what happened in this game. So the Nuggets, to start this game off, first of all, the storyline, as and I'm going to keep beating this drum. I don't care if, uh, you know, being repetitive or whatever, talking about the same one. This starting lineup is special, and I know it was the Lakers. I know the Lakers aren't very good, especially as shorthanded as they were. Some of the lineups they put out tonight, especially in key moments in the fourth. I mean, the Lakers, I think, not even sneaky tanking. I think they're just obviously like very loudly tanking. But um, nonetheless, Denver's starting unit just looked fantastic, and um, and that was really the storyline of, of tonight's game, in my opinion, as it's been the storyline so often uh, over the last couple games. But um, but they were good. They got off to that great start. Um, the ball was moving. Guys just, as I've talked about this before, the guys just get good looks in that lineup. It was a plus nine in about seven minutes. Actually, about six, uh, yeah, about seven minutes. Um, it was a plus nine, and honestly, it could have been worse. This is the thing. The more I watch, there's a limit to how much you can make shots. If you generated wide open three-point looks every single possession, you still would only score about maybe 40, 45 percent, you know, of the time down the court because there's just a limit. But so Denver, I do think that first unit can get better in some ways. I don't know that the net rating or, I mean, at some point it's going to slide. It just has to. Right now they're running just so ridiculously hot. There's no way they could sustain it. Um, But I do think their shooting can be better. There's reasons to think that. You know, on some nights, it actually will be even more ridiculous the way that this team scores. They scored, I think, 79 points as a unit tonight. Not the five players combined scored. They scored they, The five players combined scored more than that. I just mean, as a unit, when those five were on the court, the Nuggets scored 79 points. That's, it's just absurd, the pot- offensive potential for this one. And that first quarter, that opening quarter, was an absolute assault. You know, one of the storylines of this game is going to be that the Denver Nuggets blew a giant lead, that they had this 23-point lead and they blew it. But I think, and I've talked about this a lot 
at some point the second unit is going to be a concern but it's not necessarily one for me just just yet um it's a concern in that I do think there's a real chance that it doesn't solve. It's not solved without a really, really tough decision. Um, but it's not a concern to me as in it's not something – I don't think it's something Denver can't fix. That, that, I guess that's really what it comes down to is I think there's a solution, and I think we all know it. The only disagreement fans, coaches, everybody has is – when is it time to pull the plug on it? And my pr- opinion is not yet. I think the coaching uh, staff's opinion is not yet. Uh, I think a lot of fans' decisions was la- was yesterday. <laughs> you know, it was uh, a, um, a week ago. You know, but, but fans, and I've talked about this, fans can be impatient. I think coaches, general managers, players, they have to be exercise um uh, a lot a lot more patience. It's because sometimes you you can jump the gun on this stuff. Um, what I like also about the starting unit, and, and really w- one of the reasons I'm just so high on the Nuggets at this point, even despite you know they haven't been that they've been a little bit shaky over the last week, I, it's not just that I like that starting unit, but when you start to bring subs in, you don't really lose a lot. So you have this awesome unit that I think is by far Denver's best unit: um, Jamal Murray, Gary Harris, Will Barton, Millsap, and Jokic. But then you bring in subs. Um, the first subs are usually Malik Beasley, who comes in for Gary Harris. You're not. I think Gary Harris is a lot better, but you're not losing a lot. You still have a shooter in Malik Beasley. Um, you bring in Monte Morris for Jamal Murray. Well, that's great. Monte Morris is steady, and he can also shoot. Uh, and then you bring in Mason Plumley for Paul Millsap, and we know Plumley, when he's playing alongside Jokic especially, plays like Millsap. He covers for guys defensively. He flies around. Uh, he rebounds, and he plays that dunker spot. And so what I like is that Denver, while they only play about six or seven, maybe eight minutes with that um, with that first unit, they bring in another couple guys. So really the first 9, 10, 11 minutes of the first quarter, in my opinion, is A-plus lineups or like A-minus lineups. I mean, you just have great lineups out there no matter what. And, and I really, really like that. There's not a lot of drop-off there. Um, and then the, my other note was that Will Barton, this was one of his better games um, that, that he's had, I think, over the last couple weeks. He was really in a zone tonight, shot the ball really, really well. And in that first corner especially, I just thought he, he really had it going. He had a little bit of flair on what he was trying to do. He finished the night 23 points on 8-16 shooting. And actually, I think he missed like his last three or four. Uh, five assists, four rebounds, a team high plus 28. He was really good in this one. And in that first quarter, he set the tone. 14 points, five of seven shooting in the first quarter. Um, and again, it, it was all within the flow of the offense. It was just um, – and this is the beauty of Denver's offense. It's not that – there's nobody that you can you know, hide a defender on. There's nobody that you could say, okay, we're going to shade off of this guy and force him to be the playmaker. Like some nights Barton's going to have 14 in the first. Some nights Jokic is. Sometimes Murray is Harris. And, and sometimes, as was the case in this game, you know, Will Barton might score 14 in the first. Gary Harris scores 14 in the fourth. It's just, it's a very um, balanced lineup, and it's a lineup that uh, I, I think defenses are going to have an especial, especially hard time trying to figure out and to crack because of, of, of that balance. So Denver graces off. 43 points in the first quarter and you know (laughs) i'm more encouraged i would say by the fact that denver can look like that at their best than what we saw in the second quarter and in the early parts of the fourth quarter which was denver shooting themselves in the foot
Gary Harris played 36 minutes tonight, and as much as that was probably more than I think Malone would like to have played him, it's still encouraging to know that he could, and not just that he could, but that he finished as strong as he did. Um, Gary Harris getting healthy changes the Denver Nuggets. I've said this for a while. I think I've made the point even on the last show that, to me, Nikola Jokic is the team's best player and cornerstone, and he has to bring it every single night. That's the burden of being a superstar. You can't be bad ever. Um I see people sometimes say, you know, the Nuggets go the way Jokic goes. Well, yes, but Jokic is good every night. So it's really like saying if Jokic is bad, the team can't win, which is also true. You need Jokic to be good, especially against good teams. The thing is, it's not that they go the way he goes because he's good every single night. Some nights he's great, but sometimes, but every night he's good. Well, Gary Harris is, the to me, the second pillar there. Um, and you could say Millsap to an extent too, but um, if you get the best we've seen of Gary Harris and you get the best we've seen of Jokic, Denver just beats teams down, and, and so it was encouraging that he could play 36 minutes tonight and close the way that he did. He played the entire second quarter, all 12 minutes from open to close. So that was um, Malone expected a lot of him, and I, I think this one was so important to Denver that Malone was willing to sort of go above uh, and, and move a little bit quicker, and we'll talk about that for the fourth quarter. Um, that second unit, again, it, it wasn't, um, you know, wasn't terrible in that second quarter. It wasn't great. It still looks a little bit clunky. It wasn't until the second half that I thought they really, really kind of showed how bad they look. Um, the third quarter, so the the starters come back out, and they built up an, the biggest lead of the night. The start of the third quarter was actually very, very positive. Now, the starting unit, I've been tracking this all year, and they've, they've only had one stint, one stretch where they were a negative. Well, that third quarter, they actually were a negative one. Uh, overall, so that's now the second time that that unit has been a negative. They were a plus, I think, 26 on the night, so it was a massive positive, especially the way they closed. Um, but it was a minus one in that third, but it didn't start out that way. You know, Denver built that lead up pretty quickly in the second half, got a bunch of offensive rebounds, some open threes, and as is the case with Denver uh, all season, I think they mentally take their foot off of the gas a little bit, and Denver built up that lead. They're up by 23, and then it started a, a, a Lakers run. So Denver actually, they get a bucket. Jamal Murray or, or Gary Harris steals the inbounds, so they're up 23, and you can hit a three. They get it to wide open Jamal Murray on the wing. That would have pushed it to 26, and I know this is weird, but if you get it above 25 points and you just stole an inbound pass, and it, it, to me that's a backbreaker. Denver was right there with the backbreaker, right, ready to have one, but instead they missed the wide open three. Um, they, you know, Lakers dodge a bullet, and then it actually kind of started a little mini run there um, that that propelled them the rest of the way. Denver in this quarter, the third quarter, so. I thought there was still good offensive. The defense is really what fell off, but offensively, I thought there was still great process, bad results in that third quarter, which is going to happen. You, like I said, you can't make all of your threes. Um, they got shot three of fifteen from three in the third, so they shoot forty-two percent from three in the game as a whole. But three for fifteen in the third quarter—that was the one quarter where they slumped. Um, and again, wide open looks from Malik Beasley, wide open looks for Will Barton, Jamal Murray. Um, they just didn't knock it down. And then Denver started to get, I don't think they got rattled. Uh, rattled is what happened in the Utah game. Um, this, I don't think, was a rattling. This was just Denver lost focus, and it was like, okay, we got to recapture our focus. And 
A couple technicals. Michael Malone walks out on the court on a play that live it sure looked like Paul Millsap got fouled. On the replay, it looked like he did not. So um, that was one of those ones. I think there was a couple of fou- of just kind of contact plays that didn't go in Denver's favor. And I think the one with Millsap was sort of uh, – it was a legitimate play, but I think it looked like a bad one. And it was like, okay, now's the time to kind of let my voice be heard. So Malone gets a tech. Uh, later on in the game, Paul Millsap gets a tech. Um, so, but, but Denver, I thought just kind of lost focus a little bit there and, and lost, um, what it was that propelled them to a 23 point point win, which was a lot of, of defense. They started getting beat off the dribble. Malone called a timeout on a play where Will Barton has, um, one-on-one coverage out on the wing and he just gets beat to the rim by Caruso, Alex Caruso. So those types of plays, Caruso, you know, decent player, point guard, good, quick first step. But you shouldn't be getting beat as as poorly as as he did and as the team did in that third quarter. So the second unit comes in and they really looked bad. Um, They looked bad in their worst ways where, you know, it it wasn't just that they were missing some good shots. It was that the defense wasn't there. It was that the offense, the ball got sticky and it just, it, it just wasn't great. And I don't think, um, you know, this wasn't a game where I thought Isaiah Thomas stood out like a sore thumb or anything like that. I know a lot of people, you know, every time there's a loss or a quarter's bad, it's, oh, this is the guy. And I've talked about this, the scapegoat. We always have the scapegoat. Isaiah Thomas, two for five, oh, of three from three, uh, a couple of, you know, he got grenades. He has the ball at the end of the shot clock. He has to force it up. Uh, four points, two rebounds. He was a minus 10, a, a team worse minus 10, but I don't think it was necessarily anything egregious that he did. But again, Denver's defense isn't great. And I think all Nuggets fans, when that starting lineup um, let go of that 23-point lead and the next thing you know it's only, I say only with air, like air quotes over here, only like 17 or something or 16, you know, it felt a little bit like, okay, oh crap, Denver, now you're going to this mystery lineup, which, you know, what, whatever you think of Isaiah Thomas and, and how the team has played over the last seven, eight games, um, it, it's it's just less certain. You know what you get out of the starters. You know what you get out of certain lineups. But when you go to this other one, it's like, okay, who knows what we're going to get here? And sure enough, um, they end up blowing the lead entirely, getting it all the way down to two points. And then Michael Malone, and I love this move. I really, really, really like this move. He put the starters back out there with 10 minutes to go. 10 minutes. Um, usually he would have liked to have waited till the seven, maybe six-minute mark to get you know, Jokic in there, then maybe you, you give a, a guard a rest and then you bring him in in the last four or five. He went with 10 minutes and just said, you know what, this is our lineup. We're going to close. We really need this win. We got to get back on a winning track and on a winning way. So he put him out there, and you know what? <laughs> they absolutely dominated. That was a dominant close. Now, again, I don't want to get too high on this specific game. You guys know how high I am on that lineup especially on rewatch, the Lakers threw out a G League squad there in the fourth quarter. I mean, I did not realize they were tanking this um, overtly until rewatching this game. But um, nonetheless, it's it's not a given that even with a group that's not great uh, out there guarding you, it's not a given that Denver would go on a run. And the fact that they went on this enormous run uh, to close out the game was a really, really, really good sign. And even a better sign was how Denver went on this run. With the the willpower of Gary Harris, I thought at the 10-minute mark, the very first play, Gary Harris and Paul Millsap out there. Paul Millsap grabs the rebound, offensive rebound. Jokic banks way hard off the glass. Millsap grabs the rebound, goes up strong, probably gets fouled on that one. Uh, And 
and it's not called, and he gets a technical foul. He yells at the referee. But it was a hustle play. It was one of those plays where he was fighting. He was doing the grunt work. Um, he was putting him, him his body on the line to make sure that they could get a rebound if there was one available. There was, and he scores it. And then Gary Harris just started flying around. I thought his defense in the fourth quarter was phenomenal. Um, and most of all, it was just nice to see him hitting shots again. Um, so Denver remained cold for a minute or two to start that fourth. Um it was a one-possession game. They could have actually tied it on an alley-oop, but the, the Lakers missed. Denver missed two alley-oops on here, too, by the, in this game, too, by the way. It was kind of random. Um, but then Gary Harris gets a three in the corner. And it was just big. It was, it was great to see him get a big moment, big shot, because Denver was sort of out of sorts, trying to find their rhythm again, and he was the guy that ends up hitting that three. And he had some words for somebody. Somebody was trash-talking him in the corner, and he kind of turned around and gave him, gave him the business. So how did he follow it up? With another three, then a drive, then another drive. I think he had uh, 11 straight points or 10 straight points uh, in that fourth quarter from a point where they were up two to up 11. So he really... Um, he really got going, and it was just great to see. Again, Gary Harris, very, very important part of this team. It's it's funny how good Denver's been. It demonstrates how good Denver's been that people think he's expendable when it's like, no, he's probably the team's second best player. Um, so it was awesome. Will Barton's block in the fourth quarter I thought was great. He had a really sloppy, ugly turnover in a moment when Denver did not need a turnover. and But he fit, followed it up by giving a really good block. He's now got like three or four of these chase-down blocks over the last couple games. But what's encouraging again about the block was Will Barton has really lacked I thought explosiveness especially pre-all-star break well coming back from that core injury I told you I thought there was a mental hurdle for him um, just trying to he was playing below the net he wasn't jumping hard you could tell there was just a little bit of reservation well on plays like that he puts his you know um, his body out there goes goes all out jumps high and, and gets the block and it's plays like that. You see Gary Harris playing 36 minutes. You see Will Barton jumping and making plays like that. He had a dunk today. Um, just things like that make you think, okay, these guys are starting to round back into form. Paul Millsap, I think, is already there. He's been solid now for a couple weeks now. You get Gary Harris and, and Will Barton back to 100%, um, or at least above 90 95%. I, it's just only going to get better from here. Um, by the way, Mark Jackson had a great call there. He said, that's what I call taking Will over Hart. Because it was Josh Hart, and well, anyway, it's a pun. It's funny. Um, another note, a negative note in here. In that fourth quarter, there was a lot of LeBron gets, getting Nikola Jokic switched out onto him on an island and then blowing right past him, in some cases, for a thunderous dunk. And this is something that I think the people that are pessimistic about the Nuggets' playoff chances, this is what they envision happening every time. And a player like LeBron, a lot of people were telling me, oh, the Lakers, Denver can't lose to the Lakers in a playoff series. You're crazy. A playoff series looks like LeBron hunting for that exact matchup over and over and over and over and over again, every single time down court. He did it tonight in the fourth quarter every single time and had success doing it. Um, but in a playoff series, I think that happens. Same thing happens, I think for Houston and James Harden. Uh, I don't know that there's a whole lot of other teams that could do that. I think Utah has, you know, Donovan Mitchell and, and uh, maybe they could try to do it, but I think it's tougher to get that switch um, with that unit. So, um, but nonetheless, I think Jokic can play better defense than what he showed tonight. I think playoff Jokic defense can be a lot better, but nonetheless, I still don't have a ton of confidence that if a team is able to kind of get him out on an island repeatedly, that he's going to be able to step up enough times. So um, it's certainly a thing to be concerned about. But again, 
Fortunately for us Nuggets fans, we don't have to worry about the Lakers in the playoffs. Sent them home, took, gave them that L to, to walk out of their own arena, and really to walk out on their season with, which I think feels, uh, <laughs> I think you have to feel really, really, really good about. And then lastly, my last note here, Denver's transition defense tonight I thought was very good. And Denver, when they play, to me, transition defense is maybe the most important part of their defensive success in the half court i think denver can defend pretty well but when they allow teams to speed them up and really it's when they speed themselves up on the offensive end and, and don't convert that that's when they become really really vulnerable so um i suspect that as the season winds down here with the last 18 games or whatever i suspect that denver's offense will improve in the half court and that their transition defense will also improve but if but that's going to be a key to me that's really what makes them a good defense is that it is the nights like tonight where they can limit transition opportunities that's it for this one guys thanks again for everybody that came out again a really really fun time uh and a really great game to be a nuggets fan and in the company of a bunch of other nuggets fans so thanks to everybody that came out and to everyone else we'll be back again tomorrow with a brand new episode thank you for listening to the locked on nuggets podcast be sure to subscribe on itunes and visit us on the web at denverstiffs.com